Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital, where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. I just rehearsed the four things that we do as a church. I did that because I'm going to make a request of you in in our entire church today. And as I conclude, I'm going to invite you to get involved or re-involved. Maybe you've been involved in the past and it's time to get re-involved with the four things that we do. So I'm going to ask you to decide. Maybe if you're a guest or you're new with us, you're still checking out who we are. But it might be a moment for you to decide that Citizen Heights isn't that person's church or this person's church or his church or her church citizen heights as of today is my church everybody needs a church come on turn to your neighbor and tell him it's true you need a church see it's easier to judge okay now say this everybody say this turn to your neighbor confession time i need a church tell him i need a church all right so this is my church that means there's ownership that means there's connection that means you know there's this this uh investment and for you to take those steps whether it's weekend experiences why come once a month or you know every other week and you go no weekend experiences if that's where god is developing the theme of what he's saying to me from week to week and us as a community I'm glad God talks to me personally Monday through Friday, but he's talking to us as a community on Sundays and to you personally that, listen, I don't, in the middle of a movie, get up and skip 25% of it. I just don't do that. In the middle of a movie, I don't just cut out for the last quarter. Well, I wonder how that ends. No, I want to see the arc and the development of the storyline and the resolution and God speaks in times and seasons. Come on. And sometimes you miss a day. And, and listen, I'm, I'm the first person to say we're not the kind of church that talks bad about you when you miss a Sunday, okay? We're glad when you are here. But if you miss, grab the podcast. Get on Church On Demand. Hear what God is saying because he's saying something intentional. God is not random and, and just the, the narrative that he's developing is builds line upon line, precept upon precept, and you want the full installation of his updates and his upgrades in your life. Amen? So that's weekend experiences. We're making that a priority. And then we jump into growth track, church class today. I'm going to ask you to get involved. Getting into a group next week, joining the team, the four things we do. Why? Because... I'm asking you to consider becoming an owner in the vision that God has for us as a church. You understand, God has purpose and plans for your life, and he plants us, the Corinthians tells us that he plants us in the body in a way that pleases him. It's his good pleasure. It pleases God to plant you into a local church. Think about that. It pleases him that you have a part to play, that you have a place to stand, that you have a gift to give, that you have a servant's heart to serve. And so that's the context of our discussion today, okay? And I want to be really upfront with that's the, the action item, if you will. That's the practicum, okay? So it all starts in our passage in Ephesians 2.10. 
and uh, we'll put that up on the screen. I know you've had time to get to it in your Bible or device, but we'll put it up on the screen. We, uh, we can all see it together. And it says this, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Come on, isn't, how many are excited about this? It says, we, come on, not just me, not just you individually, we are God's masterpiece, created new in Jesus so that we can do the things that he's been planning and he's been strategizing and he's been rolling out and unveiling for us long ago. Come on, masterpiece, masterpiece. About 10 years ago, it was Mother's Day and uh, I was looking for gifts uh, that the boys, I have four sons, and uh, they were all under about the age of 11, I think at the time. Yeah, they were all under the age 11. So I had like a one or a two-year-old and then the three guys that are really tight together. And uh, so I'm looking for a gift and I found these uh, art kits in a local toy store. And the kits were um, repaint a masterpiece. You can repaint a masterpiece. So I, I got each one of the boys a kit, and, and they painted their own masterpiece for Heather. And you can see the wonderful works of art right here. Uh, these are the four masterpieces that we did uh, that day. And I love these. These hang in our home. Um, they bring a smile to my face every time I walk by. I mean, you can see we've got uh, Starry Night by Van Gogh. Pretty good, I'd say. Uh, I think that's Lily Pads by Monet. That was Gavin. Gavin is get it done, get it done quick. So uh, the third one is Easton. He was one, so that's Easton plus dad. Uh, and I think that's Sunflower. I think that's Van Gogh as well. I don't know what this one is. It's a tree, and it had a lot of ravens that were supposed to be put on it, but Owen decided to put the ravens all over the kitchen table instead. And so we got one raven in the big tree. And, uh, but, but I love these paintings. These literally hang in the hallway right outside my bedroom. And um, they're special to me because I remember the process. Like I remember the exchange. I remember uh, four little boys with paint and paintbrushes um, all at the same time. And I remember saying, no, 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 clean your brush before you get a new color. Nope, right into the new color. You know, you're painting the table. That's okay. You know, stay in the lines. Don't care about the lines. You're painting your brother. Glorious chaos, right? Just glorious chaos. And I suppose I could have, I could have taken all these and, and really did what I did with Easton's and just take over. You know, I could have painted them myself. But what makes these so special is their hands and their hearts and their involvement, their effort that helped create each one of these paintings. That's what makes it special. And the masterpiece that we just read about, Ephesians 2, the masterpiece of God's love and God's plan to redeem and restore people. Come on, to reach people. It's being painted for all the world to see right now. It's being painted uh, on the canvas of local church and people who, who show up and say, we love people, we're gonna serve people, we're gonna sacrifice, we're gonna come together and create something where people can find 
uh, belonging and can find uh, stabilization and can find a place that's, that loves them where they are but loves them too much to leave them where they are and they b- begin to pull you forward. The, see, God's painting is masterpiece. It's happening in your lifetime. It's happening in my lifetime and there's a brush in our hand. Come on, there's a brush in our hand and it's gonna be glorious chaos, all right? Because some of us are dipping into paints we shouldn't dip in and we're inside the lines and outside the lines. You know, sometimes we're on target, sometimes we're off target using the wrong color. But what makes this so special is your hands and your hearts are partnering with God's and they begin to connect together. Our hearts start to connect together and we become the, we are a masterpiece together. That's why, why do you think right now the, the enemy of, of, of your soul and the enemy of the church, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. They're gonna, the, trust me, hell is gonna leverage and push and, and, and set its uh, focus to dislodge you and to divide you. And it, look at the world today. There is more polarization than I've, in my, I've never seen polarization like this. I mean, it doesn't matter what the topic is. There's, there's two to three tribes on one side, on another side, on one side, on another side. And the enemy is working overtime to take the we out of the masterpiece that God intended us to be as the church. But it says we are God's masterpiece. And he planned us, he planned things for us, good works for us to be involved with. Come on, a paintbrush in our hand. He planned this long ago. And here's the key I want you to consider today. When we are created, like Ephesians 2 says, we're created new in Christ Jesus. He invites us and has plans for us to involve us, okay? He invites us and has plans. And so as we get involved, we become recognizable. Listen, nobody would look at this and say, you know, well, I, I mean, is that the original? <laughs> Nobody, nobody's gonna make that mistake, right? But it's recognizable as it references the original. Listen, we're referencing the original, Bible says he is the firstborn of many brethren. And then here we come after giving reference and reflection to who he is. So we get involved and we become a reflection of God's love. Come on, God's heart, God's long suffering, God's mercy, God's hope, God's grace, God's wisdom. And we're just a a reflection. So I want to encourage you today with a message entitled the masterpiece of Christ in me. Okay. We're going to get, we're going to hit it hard. We're going to hit two points, maybe one, possibly two the masterpiece of Christ in me. So this is really an identity message, like a, like a who you are in Jesus type of message. And I believe that's part of the role that God has given me is just to remind us who we are. That's what dads do. They tell their kids who they are. And so uh, if you will allow me that latitude, allow me to take that role in your life just for a few moments, this is really one of those... Um, those identity messages because the Bible talks about when you surrender your life to Jesus, it it talks about um, a dividing line, right? There's a dividing line now in your life. There's, you know, people say BC before Christ and, and, you know, after Christ. Um, What what we're saying is, and what the Bible says, there's an old you, but now there's a new you, right? And, And my relationship to Jesus gives me a new nature, and that new nature introduces me to a new purpose, right? And that relationship, 
Listen, that relationship with Jesus seats me firmly in my new identity, right? I'm not that old guy anymore. The enemy tries to whisper and remind, but I'm not that old guy anymore. I'm new. I've been made anew, and I have a new identity, and, and God starts working on the masterpiece in me. But some of us are living in the tension of that new identity. We live in the tension. Some days we believe it, some days we don't. Some days we live it, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we're doing good works that result from it, and sometimes we're, we're missing in action. Right? We fight it, we reject it, we doubt it, and we don't see the masterpiece in the mirror. But other times we, we, we're on track and you feel it. There's that tension, right? There's that tension. Because we, and, and when we lose it and we, and we start focusing and seeing ourselves as the old man, we, we begin to forget that the masterpiece of me, it isn't me. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. The masterpiece in me is not self-effort and self-salvation and self-improvement. The masterpiece in me is Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's what makes me new. Come on, that's what gives me a position. That's what restores me and redeems me and qualifies me. It's not me, it's what Jesus did for me. So I wanna give you two confessions today, all right? You ready? You like to take notes in church? I wanna give you two confessions. Now a confession I would call a repeatable uh, that we use to remind ourselves of a, of a biblical truth we decided to receive that we decided to live okay so a confession is would be like a repeatable that we use to remind ourselves so um a simple phrase that just reminds ourselves this is who i am this is who god said i am we just sang that uh, song over here in at our dulles camp this morning uh i'm chosen i'm i don't know all the words what is it i am who you say i am right and you just rehearse it and remind yourself well these are two confessions of the masterpiece of Christ in me, it means I believe and I repeat these two confessions. Are you ready for two? We'll see if we get there. Number one, God is the author of my life. This is the first confession and it is, it is not basic or nor should it be assumed. It should be repeated. It should be rehearsed. God is the author of my life. And we just read in Ephesians 2, we are God's masterpiece. He's putting us together. He's the assembler, right? He, he's the builder. And, and he's also the author. God is the author of my life. And it's, I think it's easier to make this confession when things are going your way. You know, things are going good. You know, the stock market is up. Uh, relationship drama is down. Health, health is relatively strong. You know, you got great job and great health and great wealth and and, and you're feeling like, yeah, God is the author of my life. But what about a tough year? What about a tough season? What about an unexpected and unexplained loss? What about the unexpected, unexplained diagnosis? What about the unexpected and unexplained relational riff? And then in those moments, there's a tension. And it's tempting in that moment to say, God, God, what are you, what are you writing up there? God, are you, are you still, do you still have the pen 
Did the devil get a hold of the script? Like this can't be from the hand of author God. And we start to question and we start to wonder. But the Bible is complete with stories and, and, the, and the record of, of real people living through real hardship and real problems but hanging on to the real grace and the real strength and the anchor of their soul even in the midst of it we have to begin to proof ourselves for persecution for resistance for things didn't go my way and it can't unseat that God is the author of my life even when we don't like the chapter even when we don't like the arc of the storyline, even when we think that the villain is having too much of his own way, God is still the author of my life. Come on, are you, are you hearing this today? Joseph, you, we read the story of Joseph in the Bible, and he had a journey of difficulties few of us could ever identify with. We could barely imagine betrayal of his family, sold as a slave, um, loss of freedom and autonomy, wrongly accused of moral and sexual impropriety and ends up imprisoned i mean it's just it's just a parade of of injustice and and horrible undeserved moments of joseph's life is god still author of your life when the chapter is dark when the when the chapter is difficult See, that's why we have to remind ourselves. We need a repeatable like this. No, no, God is the author of my life and God's handiwork is a masterpiece. God is the author of my life and God is good. God's the, God's the author of my life and every good and perfect gift comes from him. God is the author of my life, right? And he causes all things to work together for good for those who are called and love God. Listen, God is the author. He's the author. And the story he's writing is one of redemption and restoration. He's, he's not going to change his genre. You know, he's not going to get into sci-fi or horror or, or kids books. It's a, he has one genre, redemption and restoration. Redemption and restoration. God is the author of my life and God is good. And when you have that, that confession, it brings a confidence not a confidence in your circumstance, a confidence in the God who's writing, a certainty to your identity. I'm not my own, right? Look at this, Philippians 1.6. I want you to grab hold of this. Grab hold of this today, Philippians 1.6. says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You can be confident of this, that God doesn't stall out. God doesn't bail out. God doesn't abandon. God doesn't run out of funds or resources. God doesn't bring his hands in heaven every morning when he wakes up wondering how it'll all work out. He's the author. He says, let there be light and luminary bodies appear. He says, let there be soil and earth and ground and let's separate the earth from the water. And these things follow his command. So when we say confident, it literally means an assurance. It literally means, confidence means a, literally freedom from uncertainty. We have a world right now just grasping for certainty and predictability and stability. And we have a God 
who says, you can be confident of this. What I begin, I finish. I'm not abandoned. Come on, I'm not on my own. I'm not alone. I'm not drifting. I'm not detouring. I'm not meaningless matter in a random universe. I was created and my life was authored. That's why Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, right? More plans. God's always making plans. And here's the thing. His plans are not subject to weather patterns or the productiveness of this crop or that crop or the market or futures or indexes. No, God says, I have plans plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Joseph lived through some tough times and some confusing times, right? But in one moment, Joseph, if you know the story, Joseph goes from the prison of Pharaoh to Pharaoh's palace. In one moment, he goes from the depths of what we would think is abandonment and and, and terrible, uh, you know, poor Joseph, No, no, God is authoring. And if he doesn't find his way to that prison, he never finds his way to the palace in second in command of the known world at the time. And he becomes a healer and a provider and a builder and an architect and a ruler and a leader who saves many, many, many lives as uh, as there was this, what do we call it when there's no food? Uh, Famine, thank you. It's kind of like we play these games at church where you have to fill in the, the word, fill in the word. Uh, famine was coming and Joseph begins he, he, he literally rescues the entire region Joseph's confession let me show you what it was Genesis 50 verse 20 and we'll just do one confession Genesis 50 verse 20 Joseph's confession and this is not his confession as he's preaching in church on Sunday this isn't his confession to his citizen group This isn't a confession that he makes to someone he trusts, that he loves. He makes this confession to those who betrayed him. The ones who started the parade of horribles into what what could have crushed his soul. This is his confession, verse 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many lives. That's the confession of someone who goes, God is my author. You you didn't write that bad chapter. Yeah, you, you betrayed me, but you didn't write that. And sure, I got laid off. And sure, there was, there was this challenge and this struggle and this obstacle. And we could find lots of people to blame. Listen, we could find lots of people to blame. You know, it's the second sin recorded for us in the Bible. The first sin, Adam and Eve eat the fruit, right? Rebellion against God. Second sin, why'd you do this? It's the woman that you gave to me. She's the one. Is it any wonder what we see, the arc of of humanity is rebel against God and blame each other. It's what we do. But Joseph's confession. Joseph is saying, you thought you were writing the script, but God is the author of my life. So I'm not, I don't blame you. In fact, I release you from that. Hold nothing against you because God meant it for good. 
to accomplish what he's doing right now, saving lives. You have to have a good confession. You have to have a good confession in bad times. Come on, you have to have a good confession in bad times. Hebrews 12, 2 says he's the author and he's the finisher. Come on, he, he's gonna get you all the way there. What a powerful confession that God is the author of my life. What a, I mean, it seats me in my identity and it seats me in God's plan for me. And sometimes you just need to repeat it. Come on, when you find out they're downsizing at work, you gotta repeat it. Come on, when you find out that you didn't get the medical report you wanted, you gotta repeat it. When your relationship or is, is running rough or the bank account is low, you gotta repeat it. You have to have a good confession. When you don't understand the season you're in, remind yourself. You know, because you're tempted to say, did we take a detour somewhere? Like, where did, this, where did this get away? No, no, I have to remind myself, God is the author of my life. And I've given him permission. Come on, listen. I've given him permission to rewrite my past. Come on, to restore my character. Come on, to redeem my priorities. To, to release me into new purpose. To, to mess with my values. Come on, to, to mess with my foundations. And, and, and bring me into a masterpiece of redemption. So God, we give you permission, right? Come on. We give you permission to introduce the themes and the seasons and the reasons in our journey and our stories as they sometimes seem random. But God calls together the characters. Some of you have some people at work. You're like, did the devil bring them? I think maybe they are the devil. No, he's called those characters. He weaves his purpose into the plot. He's not surprised by the conflict. He's not unaware of the need. God knows your story because he wrote your story. So if you th see a theme developing, come on, it's not accidental and it's not coincidental. It's the intentional personal writings of a God who loves you because he, he's creating a masterpiece in you and creating a masterpiece through you in us. He's creating that masterpiece in you so this last year or this last month, um, I, I don't know what's come your way, but God has been writing. Can you just make that confession? God is the author of my life. You know, you might have been in a few chapters on resilience. Anybody? <laughs> a few chapters of trust God anyway. A few chapters of, uh, of, of believing God when there's not enough. You know, learning what the Bible says putting your roots down deep. Whatever the season, God is an author and he's writing on the parchment and the paper of our lives and he knows how to put it together. He knows how to, he's not disjointed. His stories aren't disconnected. He's gonna bring it together with the wisdom of God who sees the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. Come on, what I'm saying is God is not random. Your life is not in the hands of karma. Aren't you glad? or fate or circumstance or whatever you want to classify it as our confession is God is in control come on God is good God is able God is never late come on God is my author so God is for me God is not against me God's got a plan for me he hasn't forgotten me he's still working on me so that brings a confidence doesn't it 
and you can say in moments like, if God wrote this into my scene, if if God wrote this into the scene and God sees things I can't see and God knows things I can't know, I'm gonna trust him. Because this is a setup for redemption, restoration, or anointing and blessing. So I've made my decision. I'm just gonna remind myself, this is my confession. God is the author of my life. So there's divine protection shielding me. Come on, there's divine uh, provision blessing me. There's divine purpose uh, before me to grab hold of. Why? Because there's divine prose being spoken over my life by a God who is the author of my life. Come on, do you believe that today? That's why we're here as a church. We'll wrap it up right now with just that one confession. God as the author. he, he designed the church. It was his idea to equip and mobilize people for mission, for good works. And so the, even these, the, the package on these paintings, when I bought them, the packaging said, uh, you can paint a masterpiece. That was, the, that was the advertising. You can paint a masterpiece. But a masterpiece is a high bar. And again, none of us would think that these are one of the originals. But again, they're intended to be a recognizable reflection, right, of the masterpiece that inspired them, a recognizable reflection. Think of the reflection that your life and your life and your gift and your gift and all of us coming together to be the the we. Think of the reflection that we will that we'll emulate, that we'll cast for the world to, th- to see. Think of what we can do together with your gift and your talent and your mercy and your resources and, and all that God made you, all saying together, he is the author and he gives me purpose. There's work for me to do, right? So I wanna pray for you as we close, two groups of people. And I was very upfront about this at the beginning. The first group I'm going to pray for is for those who are saying, it's time to not just be a hearer, it's time to be a doer, right? It's time to get doing. You might have been here one week. Why waste time? You might have been around for five or 10 years at Citizen Heights, but you're making a decision today. I'm going to do the four things we do. I'm going to link my arm, arm in arm, with my church family to do what God has called us to do together. You know, so that's why I shared those four things earlier that we do, because I'm gonna make that request of you today to get planted, to get rooted. I see so many people right now, they're, they're like tumbleweeds. You know, you watch those old Westerns and you just see the wind blow and the tumbleweed go down the, the old Western street. And you see it, no root system. And so they're blown around by every wind of doctrine and every new headline. And you just see people just being blown about right now. But Psalm 92, 13 says, those who are planted in the house, planted, come on, roots down. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they flourish in the courts of their God. There's a planting and there's a flourishing and it's time to plant your life and God's idea for your life, the local church. So church is God's idea for me. Everyone needs a church and Citizen Heights is my church. So that's a decision that you're making to be a, a shareholder, a, you know, an owner of the vision that God has for us. So can I pray for you? I'm not gonna ask for hands. I'm just gonna assume we're all in. Is that okay? 
Come on, Tenley Town. I'm just going to assume you're all. We're all in here in Dulles, aren't we? Matter of fact, we'll raise our hands. Are we in? Yeah, we're in. You're in too, Tenley Town. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for a response of our hearts, not just in the moment to a need, but a grace to an eternal call to be your children, to be your sons and daughters, to, to be firmly seated in the identity that you've given us that we're masterpieces of grace because Christ is in us. And because Christ is in us, we have new purpose to do the good works, to do the things that you've called us to do, to be your hands and feet. And so God, we take a step forward today to these four things you've given us. These four things, if we could summarize them, it's to love God and to lift people. But it's, we're gonna be here consistently on weekends. We're gonna get into groups. We're gonna get on the growth track. We're gonna join team. God, we're gonna make ourselves available to be in relationships, to know and to love and to support one another in the fabric of the community that you call your church and this local expression. So God, we're in, we're all in. So say this after me, I'm in God. I'm all in, in Jesus' name, amen. Second group I wanna pray for is, you might be stuck on that first thought today that God is the author of my life. The only thought we really covered is, and uh, you wanna take a moment right now to make sure and we want to give you that opportunity to make that decision. So I'm going to pray a prayer just in a moment, a general prayer over both campuses, a prayer of dedication. Um, and this may be your first time at Citizen Heights. Maybe just close your eyes right now, bow your head wherever you are, no distractions. Maybe it's your first time you've ever prayed this prayer. Maybe it's an honest moment where you admit you've wandered and you find yourself in a place where you feel disconnected from God. I wanna, I wanna lead you in a prayer right now. Before I do, I want to count to five, and when I hit five, I'm just gonna ask you to lift your hand. By lifting your hand, I'm not, I give you my word, I'm not gonna trick you into standing up or coming forward. Just lifting your hand to say, Pastor, include me in that prayer that you're about to pray. I like to know who I'm praying with, but more than that, I think there's, something powerful when there's an outward response to an inward decision to say, Jesus, I surrender to you. On five, get ready. One, don't wait. Today's your day. Two, he loves you right where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you there. Three, there's a church and a community of faith ready to run with you, support you, encourage you. Four, you don't need to clean yourself up or get things right to be loved by God. You're loved by God as you are. And his grace meets you where you are. Hands are already going up, ready. One, two, three, hands in the air. Say, yeah, that's me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is all about this moment, right now, where God welcomes you as a son, as a daughter, someone he values and treasures to redeem and to restore, to bless and anoint. Lift your hand wherever you are right now. Say, that's me. Praise God. You can put your hand down. Maybe you didn't feel comfortable lifting your hand, but you're going to pray this prayer with us just the same, nice and loud all together. Dear Jesus, I give you my life because you first gave me yours. I love you, Jesus, because you first loved me. I want to follow you. I surrender what I used to be. I surrender what I hope to be. I put my life in your hands. You're the author. You're the finisher of my life. Now say this boldly. I am a Christian 
by grace I've been saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we rejoice with those who just prayed that prayer?